Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. And we've been celebrating Earth Week all week for 2021. And with me, I've got a special guest this morning who is going to be talking about something, I guess, really important with Earth Week is sustainability. Dr. Russell Fricano is a professor here at Minnesota State University in the Department of Urban and Regional Studies. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Karen, and happy Earth Week. Yes, happy Earth Week <laughs> to you, too. And your work, what you do, uh, really plays into, I, I guess, probably Earth Week's like every day for you in your job. Yes, um, I'm constantly you know, lecturing my students in that, and I find a sustainable development connection in all of my courses. So what does that mean, that word sustainable? People hear that word, and I mean, it can mean a lot of different things in different contexts. Well, quite simply stated, it's um, pre- preserving and conserving our natural resources so that they can be available to future generations. And there's three components to sustainability, environment, equity, and economy. All right. And so do you consider them all to be related in terms of like Earth Week? Because I think environmental makes me think Earth Week. But what about those other pieces? Yeah, the other pieces are related in their own way. For example, economy. That could be, for example, a green business. Um, equity, environmental justice. You know, we're concerned that people of either of, of race or or minorities are um, um, are have an inordinate um, exposure to environmental impacts. So it's really a system of all sorts of things working together. Yes, and I like to say it. It's not necessarily balanced. Of course, everyone thinks first of all of the environment, and you right. know that's that's not difficult to see because the environment is all encompassing. But within the environment, we have society equity interests and the economy too. So they're all together in like what I'd call the interlocking circles. And you have taught a course in the past, I guess you don't teach it here, but it's a sustainable cities course. So you're teaching people how to manage cities, right? Isn't that what part of urban regional studies does? And what does that mean? It means basically understanding the main principles of sustainable development and how they are applied and practiced. I I take my students through an entire gamut of, um, of environmental types of activities. I also um, lecture them on equity issues and economic issues related to sustainability. And then I have them work on a, on a project of and for the year that I taught it, um, we worked with the Water Resource Conservation Center. And uh, my students developed two posters for them of educational quality of, of how to reduce some um, water quality impacts. And um, what I liked about the projects is they weren't strictly, you know, stop human activity. They found a way that human activity could coexist uh, with the environment. And this is uh, something that you don't teach anymore, is that right? But you're teaching yeah. some different courses? Um, yeah, I, I'm not teaching it currently. Um, the semester I taught it, it was um, in place of another instructor who was on leave. But I enjoyed teaching it nonetheless. 
and um, now um, I incorporate sustainability in my other courses, particularly transportation planning. And when we think of transportation planning, you might think of roads and infrastructure. But um, sustainable transportation is very important, whether it be um, alternatives such as taking light rail, using your bicycle, anything that reduces greenhouse gases. Um, The major offender is the automobile. And so... um, And then in terms of land use design, um, you can design land use with greener landscapes or around transit stations to make them more attractive. You can have special types of uses around it that people need, like daycare centers. And um, you can also, you know, locate office development around there so people can work and commercial development there too so that people can can shop without even using their car. They can just walk to where they need to go. It seems in recent years, unless it's just my imagination that it's becoming more popular, there's been more of an emphasis in cities with the planning on developing things like rain gardens and green spaces. Is that the case in in your years of teaching and and working with the planning part? Has that changed, and and when did you see a change? Well, um, to me, there's always been an interest in that, but I feel especially strong interest in Minnesota. I think environmentally, um, I'm in a very progressive state. And um, when I attend planning conferences within the state, um, these issues um, come up all the time. And so how has that changed through the years? Do you feel it's being more emphasized now? Yes, I think it's more emphasized, and certainly the media has picked up on that too. It's just something I just notice a lot more. Plus, I'm more interested in it myself, for example, the rain gardens and trying not to have all the the, the drains, the, the, the sewer drains, you know, just drain because they go in the river and pollute the river mm-hmm. and now trying to take that th- planning to so make those, those um, like I said, rain guards just pops up as one of my my things in my head. What other sorts of things are you teaching that's important to incorporate? Well, um, when we mentioned rain gardens, interesting, um, I was on a grant-funded trip to Australia about two years ago, and I was studying um, their water conservation methods. And it's interesting, they have what they call smart tanks, where um, the, tanks, the tanks will collect the stormwater, and um, they use it for irrigation, but um, the tanks communicate through telemetry with one of their weather bureau, and so they can adjust accordingly, whether, do, whether it's going to rain or be clear. So, um, that, so that, where are these smart tanks? Are they something that the drain it drains into, and then they save it like right. a rain barrel? So it's yeah. an underground rain barrel. Yeah, you know, it's underground oh. basically. But um, you know, the water is used for irrigation. Is that um, is it, is it economics that maybe keeps us from doing some of those things that are are probably good to do, but we don't do? That that requires further research, which I'm doing right now. Oh, okay. Uh, but um, I'm. My purpose for research in Australia is to see what we can learn uh, from the country because it's basically a dry country and, you know, conserving water resources is necessary. So how do they use it? I'm just trying to picture how this works. Uh, you know, so the, the rain comes, they save it in, in like these underground rain barrels is what I can relate well, to. Well, you know, for residential use, it's above ground. Um, oh, okay. And they use tanks. And so it's much bigger than rain barrels. Really big one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. And then and then they are able to use it within the cities. Is that the cities are using that? Um, yes. As a matter of fact, um, under their programs, um, if you want a building permit, you have to have a, a rainwater tank oh. on the property. 
So that's and, another thing maybe where it's a legislation thing that would have to happen here in order to make sure people would do that. Exactly. Okay. All right. And another thing I know you're working on, and this is interesting to me because I'm, I'm not real familiar with what it is and what it means, so I want to have you define it. You're developing a sustainability certificate program for Minnesota State University Mankato. What is that? Well, a certificate program is a narrowly focused program. And what we're doing here is to provide um, students or enrollees with actionable skills they need for to work in a particular industry. And certificate classes provide a broad view of essential topics or practices to ensure that graduates will have a working knowledge of the field. And certificates um, are... Um, leave you with skills. They're more concentrated, accelerated type of program. Rather uh, than a four-year degree. Right. You can, for example, complete a certificate in two semesters. And so um, it can be, for undergraduate, can be used as a supplement to their studies. And for working professionals, it's another form of education, continuing education, that they can apply um, to their work environment. So what brought about the need for this certificate program in sustainability? Was it something that somebody said, oh, you should do this, or are other places doing this, and we just decided it's important for us to do as well? Well, well I s serve on the Environmental Committee, and this came up during our discussions. And I thought, oh, what a great idea. So um, I tr tried to develop it some more. And it seems to me like there's strong interest in the committee uh, for this program. But what, who would benefit from them? I mean, is it current students, uh, people in the industry, industries, or what type of, of folks would, would benefit? I would say no, current students, uh, working professionals. It could be you know, business professionals you know, seeking you know, green options for their business or you know, instructors and in other programs as well, K through 12 teachers, anybody that has an interest in sustainability um, and on anyone who is interested in applying it. So we try to, we keep our market rather broad. And um, the course I, I've envisioned anyway is online. So by being online, we can take in a larger scope. There are a couple of sustainability certificate programs in Minnesota, but they're very specialized in terms of sustainable agriculture. Um, ours is a more generic program where we cover just the main facets of environmental planning. Is this a newer type program, this certificate program for sustainability? I don't recall going to school and ever really hearing about it. It is a newer type of program. It's, um, I think it, it's new to this university as well. And Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, so So, is it very popular outside our our Minnesota, state of Minnesota? Do other states, have they developed something similar? Oh, most definitely. And um, as part of my research behind the certificate, I looked at what other universities were doing. And um, I drew from a sample of some 32 different programs. And really, um, that's the tip of the iceberg because there, there are so many out there now. But I think Minnesota needs one, too. So what are some of the components of this certificate program? What sorts of things might I learn if I said, I'm going to get a certificate in sustainability? Well, some topics include climate change, air quality, healthy cities, environmental legislation and policy, wildlife protection, uh, food security, um, alternative energy, recycling, sustainable agriculture, water conservation and quality are some examples.
that's very, very broad and inclusive. Right. So is sustainability. Well, <laughs> for, right. that, for that matter, yeah. Yeah, right. And, you know, I'm, I'm an urban planner by trade, and so planning in itself is, is very comprehensive. And when you plan for a city, uh, you develop a comprehensive plan, which takes in just the most prominent local issues. And have you done any consulting with cities on such issues that of sustainability? Do that they come to you and say, "Hey, professor, do you have any thoughts on our program or what we could do?" At this point, I have not, but I I consider doing that at some point. All right. And as you see things, you've been in the Mankato community. What'd you say for seven years now? Is that yes? Seven years. Have you seen Mankato doing more things for sustainability? And if so, what are some of the ones you've noticed that are in particular of interest that? contribute a lot toward our environment? Well, I would say, my since I'm focused on the university, I think the university has a, a very progressive climate action plan. And there are different strategies taking at, that have exist on our campus that are the result of this plan. For example, um, and it's right over our heads, that, that light fixture you see up there um, uses less energy. Um, but um, we have filtered water instead of using bottled water because bottle, bottled water is wasteful. And um, bicycle repair stations, we promote use of bicycles. And you know, what's encouraging to me is when I begin the semester in transportation planning, I ask my students, um, how do they commute to campus? Most of them either walk or use their bicycles. And a couple use the bus. I think we have a, a good bus system here, especially for the students. Now, you mentioned the the surveys. Are you the one that's conducted those ones? Every once in a while, I'll get the survey that says, do you walk to campus? Do you bike to campus? Are those from you? Yeah, those are from me. That's, okay. That was strictly for my, my class. Oh. But I make them aware from the start of different sustainable approaches to transportation. Transportation doesn't necessarily mean cars and trucks. It also means walking, biking. How are we doing as a campus? Because you still see an awful lot of cars around here and an awful lot of parking. You know, you go to other countries and you'll see pretty much everybody biking everywhere. Is it something that hopefully will catch on more? Or what are your feelings on that? Well, um, I think to some extent the climate has something to do with it. During the winter, it's not quite as easy to bike or walk. Right. (laughs) But, you know, aside from that, you know, as Americans, we're still pretty much attached to our automobile. And if you want to go, we only have so much within walking distance of campus. True. If you you want to go to Madison Avenue, you need a car. That's true. Or a bus. Or a bus, yeah. Or a bus, things like that. So w- as an environmental committee, I know I've, um, Lou Schwarzkopf was in just this, yes. this week, and uh, Lee Pomeroy, which I, you probably know who he is. He was a former uh, faculty emeritus here. And they were talking about the environmental committee. What does an environmental committee do? Environmental committee... Um, provides um, it's it's basically uh, responsible for the environmental policies that, that are implemented on campus They're, they update the climate action plan and um, they also provide a monitoring function to see how well uh, we're doing in terms of reducing the carbon footprint and also they may come up with other ideas you know the the sustainability certificate is one of them, and right now they are researching alternative energy and bringing more solar energy onto campus. 
Now, I noticed that I got a note, I think, from Lou that we actually, as a university, received the Minnesota Clean Energy Community Awards uh, recently, or was it a couple of years ago, for a lot of the efforts? And I think some of that was the LED lights. Yes, that are all above our heads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember <laughs> when those were going in, because we had all the fluorescents, and all of a sudden, all these others yeah. were coming in. And there were some problems initially when they started, but I think it's... I don't know. Do you know the, the numbers in terms of how much it's reduced our f carbon footprint or saved in terms of money? I don't have the statistics um, at my fingertips, but it's more than just the lighting. It's it's a uh, you know, landscaping, water filtration, recycling, composting that's done at the University Dining Center. All those things um, contribute to a greener campus. And and I'm more interested into this certificate program. I want to go back to that again too. So. It's in development. Where is it at, and when can we expect things to be developed in terms of somebody says, hey, uh, that sounds interesting. I want to take that or learn more about that. Well, um, I compiled the results of the survey from the Environmental Committee, and I did this as a first step because um, I think based upon their input, we can conceptualize on what the certificate is all about. So the next step would be to present the survey findings. I'll be doing that at the next Environmental Committee meeting. Then we conceptualize and structure a program. And once we have that developed, because this requires different disciplines, we will have to meet with faculty representatives from each department that would be represented in this certificate and you know, vet this with them. And um, once we can agree on a conceptual program, then we would have to take it um, before um, UCAP and also... Um, UCAP, the, what is UCAP? It's the University um, Curriculum uh, Committee. It's, oh, okay. They, they, they basically review new courses. And uh, also we would have to work with the administration as well because there's other issues too, like how would the professors be reimbursed for this or what would we charge? And so those are issues to be worked out with the administration. So are we talking uh, this year, next year, two years down the line? Any ideas on when we might actually see this? Like you said, it's in development. Yeah, it's in development right now is my hope, at least that we have a, a draft certificate program um, ready for review in the fall semester of 2021, so this coming fall semester. It depends upon the extent to which we can work on this over the summer, but if not, we'll work on it in the fall. But um, hopefully before the end of the fall semester, we'll have a draft plan ready for review. And from there, it could take another year or two years, depending upon the issues that come up in the process. Are there any professions, do you think, that will have their employees seek out a certi certification like this? I think um, the business field would. And also, you know, public service, uh, planners, city administrators, and um, if, and also educators who, who want to um, bring sustainable development into the classroom. So we're talking even engineers. I was thinking Engine some of the engineers who design. Engineer. Oh yes, definitely, and um, also agricultural specialists too. Now um, this survey, incidentally, did have those fields on. So um, I'm going to be discussing that with the committee. The, next month and um, I think so we can have a better envision to a better extent who our, our target market is. In doing this survey I, I know you're not going to release all the results but is there anything that stood out to you as being significant that that you said oh aha 
anything that in particular? Well, it seems to me like most people envision uh, this certificate program as like an upper-level undergraduate program. And um, there's interest also in, in the practical side to it as well. Um, practical side is much easier to do for students on the campus. Um, um, though special projects would be a little more difficult if it's offered online to somebody living outside of Mankato. But I also, um, the type of issues most everybody is interested in environmental planning and policy and re natural resource conservation and agriculture. And we have an agriculture affinity group on our campus, and so they, they were part of the survey as well. And you mentioned there are some other schools that do have something focused on the agriculture piece of it already. Yes. And um, depending on the university, and I'm not just taking Minnesota, for example, I found that a number of the universities in my survey have specialized programs. It's, I say, more than half. But a very good proportion of them have the generic certificate we're developing. But I'd like to emphasize, I always say start small and big. So once this gets off the ground, I think we can consider maybe more specialized type of certificates. As as it progresses through, right. through the years. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting to have you back to see where it ends up as you know you, you work through that process. Were you actually ever a city planner yourself? I know you've been studied it, and I know you've been faculty. You teach it, but have you actually had to do that as part of your job? Yes, um, I was a city planner for 20 years uh, with oh. Los Angeles County Department of Regional Planning, and it was a great experience for me because um, Los Angeles County is huge. I mean, it's yeah. the size of Rhode Island or Delaware, and it has a variety of different types of environment. You've got the the coastal part, the mountainous part, the desert part, and the highly urbanized part. And I think that was good um, training in, in learning different planning issues and how to apply planning in these areas. I would say 20 years qualifies <laughs> as quite a bit of experience, actually. I didn't realize it was that long. What were some of the biggest challenges with sustainability when you were in that position? Well, air quality was a major issue there. For there, especially. Right. And so while I was there, there was a Senate bill that set um, a, a goal of of keeping uh, the air quality levels to 1990 uh, levels. From what I gather, they were just a little bit short of reaching that, but they still made great progress in that area. And air quality in California, you're under a number of jurisdictions, the Air Quality Management District, um, and there's the state of California also has some other um, agencies that monitor air quality. And they also, California also has a very proactive environmental review process, California Environmental Quality Act, and I'm happy to see this in Minnesota as well. Um, so any, any new major significant uh, new development project has to go under un environmental review, and then you look at a whole range of issues there. When you moved to from California to Minnesota, I know you've been other places as well in between, was it a surprise to you that the air was so much cleaner here in Minnesota than California? Because there, there are so many cars. I think that's a big thing we hear right. about. It wasn't really a surprise because, you know, there's different climatic conditions too. You know, smog is pretty much um, determined by your climate. In California, you've got the mountains and the ocean and it creates an inversion effect. And um, it's cooler, cleaner along the coast. But if you live in the San Fernando Valley where I lived, um, it's, it's heavier. 
Here, um, I wasn't expecting that, but yes, I think during rush hour in the Twin Cities area, there is a lot of traffic. Do you see the the uh, pollution issues here too? Yeah, I, I think you know they're important no matter where you live. Um, but um, I think one of the major issues here is water quality. Granted, we're the land of ten thousand lakes, True. but. Um, you know, you we have a lot of agriculture here, and you know, stormwater runoff can you know contaminate the water bodies. Matter of fact, now it's no longer the issue of a factory polluting a water body; it's stormwater runoff. And so, if we get a better handle on um, controlling stormwater runoff and filtering it, like the rain gardens you were mentioning mm-hmm. earlier, I think that can go a long way. I like to see more of that, too, because one of the things I noticed just walking around when you take a walk around the neighborhood is how many of the lawn services sprinkle the, the, the fertilizer and chemicals. And they're, they're on the sidewalks, which, you know, then rushes right into those storm sewers. And I mean, on the roads, too, because they don't take care to not let it spread. And as I walk along, I think all this is going to go directly down that storm sewer, directly into a river or lake or whatever. And and that's a big piece of we get all those problems in the lakes. Exactly. And so um, I think uh, we need to be cognizant of different approaches um, that could um, mitigate stormwater and agricultural runoff. If people want to find out more information on the work that you do in terms of sustainability, is there a place they can go to learn more about maybe the the, the, uh, certificate program or just sustainable cities in general? Yes, um, you can contact me at the department, um, and my campus email is Russell uh, with two L's dot Fricano F R I C A N O at MNSU dot edu, and also uh, one of my colleagues, um, Raymond Asomani, spelled A S O M A N I hyphen. Boteng, B-O-A-T-E-N-G, at mnsu.edu. And you both do similar uh, type work, I right. assume. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, think, I think we could, we could really um, assist anybody who's interested in the program. Very good. Well, and, and you are in the department of, it's called URSI, the Urban... And Regional Studies Institute. Yes, so that that would be a good place to start, I guess, go to the Minnesota State website and then look under the Urban Regional Studies. Yes, uh, and uh, I'm listed on the URSI website, and Raymond is as well. Oh, very good. Well, anything else you'd like to add? We're celebrating Earth Week, talking about these important things. Anything you'd like to conclude as far as today's talk? Well, I think every day should be Earth Day, for one thing. (laughs) And I'm really glad to see this campus really interested in environmental issues and also in environmental strategies. And um, I think, you know, the inertia is there. And I, I think, you know, it can only get better, really. Well, and I'm, like I said, I'm anxious to hear how this sustainability certificate comes along in development, and we'll have you back to talk a little bit about that as it moves. Thank you so much, Dr. Fricano. Well, thank you, Karen. Always a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Some great information there about what's going on here at Minnesota State University. It's neat to hear that we're doing some amazing things here on the campus already and are ahead of the game in many, many ways. It's uh, just nice to to know they got people working on these important things. We've got, uh, let's see, our history lesson for this morning, and it's about trees. Speaking of trees, we'll have a, a Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union. 
With two locations in Mankato since 1934, it pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.